Well, greetings, my Zimbabwe family. I come to you all the way from Jacksonville, Florida, in the United States of America. I want it so bad just to say, finally, the bishop has come back to Zimbabwe, even if it is via virtual stream. Thank you so much for inviting me into your homes, into your lives. It was my plan to be there, to be there live with you today in person. But the word of God is clear. It's found in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9 says, In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord is the one that determines his steps. You see, I had plans to be there, but the Lord has determined that we meet this way. So I'd rather follow his steps than to stay my own course. That's something we all must learn. It's the Lord who determines our steps. We make our plans. I miss you all. In particular, I miss one of the greatest friends and greatest men that I've ever known. That is pastor and founder of the Celebration Church, the leader and bond servant of Jesus Christ, Pastor Tom Duchelle. Thank you, sir, for allowing me an opportunity to share with your people, the people that you're responsible for. You're the shepherd and the bishop of that house and that fellowship. Thank you for allowing me to speak into them. I was given two passages of scripture that spoke to your theme for this year, Psalm 80 and Psalm 102, and I'm going to read them. Psalm 80 and 7 says, Restore us, O God of hosts. Cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. And then in Psalm 102, verse 16, I'm sure you're familiar with these texts. When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. And today, I'd like to share on this Pentecost Sunday from the topic, I believe God, he will restore and rebuild. Father, thank you for this time. Bless the hearers of your word and the doers. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I'm always grateful for an opportunity to speak into the motherland of Africa. Africa, of course, you know, is where it all begins. It was the cradle of civilization, and it is the cradle of civilization. It's where civilization began. Its roots, Africa, is in the text. It's in the word of God. My roots are in Africa, and I call it home. Zimbabwe just so happens to be the country that I choose to call specifically my home. For the past nine years, this has become the highlight of my travels and the zenith of my preaching for the whole year. Obviously, we cannot gather today physically on this Pentecost Sunday because of something called COVID-19. It's the elephant in the room. Let's get it out of the way. It stands for Coronavirus Disease 2019. The fear and trepidation that this pandemic has created worldwide is unprecedented. There is no one we can call. There's nobody that we can text. There's nobody that we can email. There's no one that we can go and pay a visit to and they can sit down and counsel us and walk us through this crisis. In the words of Joshua, in Joshua 3 and 4, you have never been here before. We have never. Zimbabwe, you've had your trials. You've had your storms. You've had your struggles throughout the years. 
But the words of Joshua not only rang true for you, but for us all around the world. None of us have been here before. And I've come to inject faith. I've come to speak to where you live. I've come to encourage you today on this Pentecost Sunday. There's an international shakeup. The prophesied signs of the times are upon us. Nothing appears to be certain and nothing looks promising at this hour. Now listen, although we may not have ever been this way before, I do know someone who has. His name is Yeshua Hamashiach. He is Jesus, the Messiah. He is the Lord. And he knows what we're going through, even in Zim right now. Hebrews 4, 14 and 15 explains it to us. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. The high priest or this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for his face or he has faced all the same testings that we do. Yet he did not sin. Notice that verse, even verse 14. Because Jesus is our high priest, Hebrews 4.14 says, let us hold firmly to what we believe. At this hour, we have to be discerning. At this hour, we need to hold on to the truth. We need to hold on to our faith. We ought to know what we believe and we need to hold on to what we believe. It's our faith and what we believe that's really on trial right now. Thank God we have Jesus, though, to look to. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus faced all of the same testings, the Bible says, that we're tested with right now. But it says, yet he didn't sin. Jesus was impeccable. He, did, he had a divine nature. He was impeccable, meaning that he was incapable of sinning, a fleshly sin. That is being tempted from the outside so that he can respond from his insides. For he had his father's nature. We partake also of that divine nature, but we do sin because our nature is by nature evil. And we sin in more ways than one. Here's another way we sin. When we allow fear and we allow things that we go through to dominate our thought lives and to control our emotions and our actions, we're sinning. You see, Romans 14, 23 says, for whatever is not of faith is sin. So the question I've come to ask at this time is, how's your faith doing? Is there any faith in Zimbabwe? Luke 18, 8 says, but when the son of man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? Will he find faith on the earth when he returns? Literally, when Jesus comes to deliver us out of the mess that we're in, the question is, will he find faith? Is there faith in Zimbabwe? I mean, right now. I mean, at this very moment, how many people are trusting God at this very hour? We have to learn to trust him during our trials, during our tests, in our valleys. We can't just curse God and die when things get difficult, when all hell breaks loose. We got to learn how to trust him. All the appointed days of our lives, we got to learn how to wait on the Lord. We've got to know that after we've been tried in the fire, we shall come forth as pure gold. It is still true. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. 
When we come to God, we got to first believe that he is, that he exists, that he's God alone, that he sits on the throne. We got to believe that he rules and he reigns and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's the God then of the good times and the bad because we don't just seek him in the good times. We really need to seek him in the bad. He's not hiding from us in the bad times. He's waiting on us in the bad times. Isn't that a miracle? Isn't that amazing? He's waiting on us in our captivity. He's waiting on us when things are difficult. He's waiting on us to call on him. God wants us to call on him for our deliverance. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. So when Jesus came to earth, it wasn't much different than what it is right now. We got to reckon with this. There was major political unrest and corrupt government and wicked rulers. When he came, there were tax collectors and people were taking bribes and all kinds of injustices based on ethnicity and, and, and tribal order and class. The religious systems were in shambles as well when Jesus came. There was wars. There were factions and fightings and famine periodically. And there had to be pestilence, I'm sure, because the text says he's been touched with all the feelings of our infirmities as we are yet without sin. That he had to have gone through what we're going through right now. But Jesus taught his disciples. He said that in this world you shall have tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. He told them to have faith in God, that with God all things were possible. Oh, if you only believe, all things are possible to them that believe. These times are novel times. They're new times. But they have already been prophesied. Zimbabwe, what are you doing with the faith that you have? God has given every one of us a measure of faith. What are you doing? How are you applying the faith? It's not whether or not you have faith. It's how you're applying faith. How are you administering your faith? Where are you putting your faith? Are you putting it in God? Are you putting it in the news reports? Are you putting it in God? Are you putting it into a whole bunch of conspiracy theories? I've come today to boost your faith and to help you activate your faith properly. I actually want to boost your spiritual immune system with a word from God because preaching is God's MO, his modus operandi. It's the way he does things. The text says in Romans 10:14, how can they call on him and whom they not believe and how can they believe on him and whom they not heard and how can they preach without a preacher? Beautiful are the feet of them that bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all believed our report. Romans 10:16 says Isaiah had already prophesied lord who has believed our report our spiritual immune system is boosted by the word and the report of the lord how do we build our faith the next verse in romans 10 17 says so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god now that leads us to something the passages that we open up with they're loaded psalm 80 and psalm 102 they deal with the people of God being in total distress, needing God to show up, needing God to help them. They don't need help from man. They need help from God. Every now and then we get in situations where only God can help us. This is where the world is right now. Worldwide, the world needs God to help us. God is not uh, a deist. He's not a God who's up there, over there somewhere, who just started everything 
wind the clock and then just let it, the clock run out and then we see him one day. No, God is actively involved in the lives of his people. And whenever God is silent, there's a test going on. But you got to understand that God is in total, complete control and we need God to intervene. We need God to step in. We need to expect God to step in. We need to see God. Because I promise you, he's ready to move. Psalm 80, they call for God to do something. What? To restore them and to save them. Psalm 80 and 7 says, restore us, O God of hosts. Cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. Restore us is translated into King James. God, bring us back to you. That word means bring us back to you. Uh, Why this international quarantine? Why is it that everybody's locked down around the world? I believe it's for the purpose of restoring us. We've been sequestered so that we can reflect and then we can turn to him again. The the text says in King James, Psalm 80 and 7, turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine and we shall be saved. You see that? My message through this whole situation that we're in, these perilous times, has been simply repent. I asked God for my own message. I laid before him one day in a fetal position, tears streaming down my face. I said, God, what is it that you want me to say to the nations? What is it that you want me to say to the peoples of the world? And he said, turn, call them to repent. Then he explained it to me in Second Chronicles seven thirteen. He says this, when I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. If then my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And here it was and turn from their wicked ways. Then I would hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Did you see that? If we want our nations healed, then we should turn, the Bible says, from our wicked ways. If we want this stuff to stop and we want God to intervene and want God to heal our situation, then we need to turn. We need to repent. The promise is that if we'll turn, he'll restore us. If we'll turn, he'll heal us. If we'll turn, he'll deliver us. If we'll turn, he'll stop what's happening to us. But here's the problem that we're facing. People want this type of deliverance, but watch this. They want a whole deliverance with a half turn. They want a whole deliverance with a half turn. You have to completely turn to God. You have to come to God fully. In Psalms 80, When they said, return to us again, O God of hosts, you know what they were? They were conscious of the fact that they had gone astray from God. They had forsaken their duty before God. They had turned aside into their sinful ways. That's the context. And this provoked God to literally hide his face from them and to turn them over to their enemies for a season. He put them on lockdown. He hid his face from them. And they were crying out to God and they said, God, come and save us. God, we need reformation total reformation and the cry that I have right now and the cry that you should be having right now is reformation on a national scale on an international scale national repentance and our government officials and leaders national holiness that people would live right and do right by God national peace for when the righteous are unruled the people have peace and they rejoice national revival so that the, the things that are not of God can be impacted by the people who are of God we want God in everything 
that we do. You can't have this type of deliverance with a half turn. You need full repentance, a complete turn back to God. You need full and uninhibited praise where nothing stops you in the midst of your storm. You'll yet praise him. You need full and unsolicited worship. Not in this mountain shall you worship, neither in Jerusalem, but them that worship the Lord shall worship him in spirit and in truth. And we're finding out now that we can worship God wherever we are, in whatever situation we're in, in our cars, in our homes, in our dens, in our dining rooms. We are worshipers of God. God is to be worshiped in spirit and in truth. Full and unbridled commitment to serving God. That's the full term. The promise is that if these things will bring will bring will, will be done in your life they will bring a healing and could end the situation that we're in right now if we would turn psalm 80 says god restores but psalm 102 says god reveals psalm 102 16 when the lord shall build up zion he shall appear in his glory now in this text the people of god are in distress also It speaks to a time when God would come to deliver and reveal what he has torn down. Remember, if I sin it, if I do it, or maybe just reveal what has been torn down. Some believe that it was written by one of those prophets while the people of God were in Babylonian captivity. Why? It says Zion needs rebuilding and the glory needs to return. It says that God, though, shall appear in his glory. Get ready now. So how does this apply to us? The church, even in Zimbabwe, I believe God is coming. He's coming to our rescue and God will reveal the things that have been torn down. I believe that God is going to visit his people who are longing for his glory. I believe that the scripture declared that the glory of the latter house shall be more glorious than the former. I believe that God is going to revive our faith in him. Even though we feared and wondered if he's still with us, many of you have, but I want you to know that your fears and your questions don't bother God. God is big enough to handle your wives, your house, your wind. David said, Lord, how long, how long shall our enemies prevail? How long shall this go on? How long shall I be out of your presence? How long God can handle your questions? I believe that God is going to recover his people from their backslidings. And like the prodigal son, he's going to receive you with open arms. Those who get up and change their hearts, their minds, their will. Those who realize that there is a God. Those who can now see God and know that they have been wavered and been away from God even the saints that are backslidden I believe that God is waiting on you to come home and when you start taking that step towards him the father will be looking for you and he can't wait to come and fall on your neck and kiss you God is going to convert and save sinners when they see us survive this trauma and get back to worshiping the true and the living God and serving him being the hands of God the feet of God the mouthpieces of God handing water to those who are thirsty and to those who are naked when we continue y'all to get back to the orphanages and the things that we've been doing as the church of jesus christ we're not going to stop because this has slowed us down it slowed us down but it did not stop us i believe that god is going to answer the travail of all the creation the groaning of this creation that god is going to reveal who these children are to the world the earth is groaning and in travail for the manifestation of the sons of god and there's revelation right now god's getting ready to unveil us god's getting ready to release us god's getting ready to put us on the scene and say these are my people nothing can stop them nothing can 
can't keep them from serving me because I am the true and the living God. This is Pentecost Sunday. The times that we are in right now are like the time when the disciples were locked in their homes and hiding in fear. And then Jesus appears to them. He says, now go and tarry in Jerusalem until you're being due with power from on high. They were fearful, but they left that room and they went to that upper room. They were fearful, but they obeyed the master. Did you get that? We need to understand that though we may have a little fear and trepidation that we are dealing with because of the times, we must still remain obedient. Why? He gives the Holy Ghost to them that obey him. How do I know? Acts 5.32. We are all witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit who is given by God to those that obey him. So even at this time, a little fearful, but be obedient. Do what he says. Don't allow the things that are going on around you to stymie you, to tie your hands, and to hold you back. Luke 24, he says, go tarry until you're being due with power from on high. The word tarry there is wait. Just wait on it. And I'm saying to somebody right now, just wait on it. You may not see it, but just wait on it. You have to wait on promises. When someone makes you a promise, you got to wait on it. Faithful is he that a promise. The promises of God are in him, yea and amen. So when God makes you a promise, wait for the promise. The promise came. Acts 1 and 8. Here's the promise. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. God has promised them power. And then the day of Pentecost, good God, was fully come. You know what happened. The power came. The room they were in shook. The fire of God sat upon each one of them, clothed in tongues of fire. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave utterance. Their ministry had been shut down. They were locked in the room, unable to go outside, afraid of losing their lives. There's a lion in the street. If I go outside, I may be destroyed by him. But no, God showed up. God paid them a visit. God wanted to deal with their faith. God infused them with his presence. What did he do? He came to restore. He came to rebuild. He restores their hope. He rebuilds their faith. He came to give them power. And on this Pentecost Sunday, God has come to give you power. He's come to remind you of his truths, of his promise. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be endued with power from on high. Receive that power in your home right now. Lift your hands and receive that power. Wherever you are right now, trust God for that power. Zimbabwe, you need the power of God. And it was time to come out of their hiding. They came out like Jesus did, like we're going to do. When they came out of their quarantine, when they came out, Jesus came out of his quarantine in the wilderness in the power of the spirit and we're coming out of this situation I personally prophesy and believe in the power of the spirit Zimbabwe it's time to believe God for the things that he has promised you it's time to believe them now don't wait till the battle is over it's time to shout now it's time to believe them now we got to believe God when we can't see it we got to trust God when we can't trace him it's right now I've come to infuse you it's Pentecost Sunday the power of God fell on the church it was inaugurated and then his people went into all the world preaching the gospel to every creature that they turned the world upside down and we can turn this world upside down down inside out this untoward generation we can turn it back to God with the power of God with the power of the Holy Spirit we don't preach with enticing words of men's wisdom or demonstration of the flesh but we preach it in the power of the Holy Ghost power power
power, Lord. Power. Power is coming. You got to believe God for the things that have been prophesied over you, Zimbabwe. You got to believe God for the things that have been promised to you by God, Zimbabwe. I've been coming for almost 10 years to Zimbabwe and I prophesied some things. There's some things that have been spoken by other preachers and prophets and apostles and your own pastor since I've been coming and I'm believing God for you. I know that God wants to do it for you. I know that God has plans for you. God says in Jeremiah 29, he says, I got plans for you. I know what I'm doing. Plans for good and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Did you hear that? One translation says, God says, I know what I'm doing. It may be delayed, but it is not denied. It's coming. You may not be able to phantom it, but it's coming. Out of Bethlehem came the Christ. It's coming. Out of a barren womb came Isaac and laughter and joy. It's coming. And I believe that God is going to restore and rebuild you. I believe that one day you will once again be the bread basket of Africa. You can be. You shall be. I believe that God is going to turn this thing around for you. You've got to believe that God can do it for you. Don't just believe in miracles, but believe that God will work a miracle for you. Just don't believe that God can do anything, but believe that God can do anything for you. Where's your faith? You've got to hold on to this. You can't have Pastor Tom faith. You can't have Bishop Vaughn faith. You've got to have your own faith. Have faith in God. And I've come to build your faith today because I believe that God is going to call laughter out of your barren situation. It looks impossible, but that's how God specializes. God takes that which is naught to bring to naught that which is. God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And I believe God will restore the years that the canker worm and the pommel worm and the locusts have devoured. Your crops will come back. And I believe that one day you're going to get double for your trouble. I believe that one day God is going to show up and show out in your life. We were told to hold on. Remember Hebrews 4, 14. Hold on to what we believe. We got to hold on. We got to have faith. But we also have to know what we believe. I believe God. And I believe that God is still on his throne. I believe that God is still sovereign. And I believe that God sent Jesus. Jesus came through 42 generations. Was born in a manger. Lived a sinless impeccable life. Was obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. I believe that Jesus died on a cross. Was buried and rose again the third day. According to the scriptures. Is now seated on the right hand of the father. Ever living to make intercession. So since he's our high priest. Ever living to make intercession for us. I believe that we need to hold on. Then to what we believe. And I believe that on the cross of Calvary. He spoiled principalities and powers. And made us show them openly. That he gave us the victory. He nailed our sins to that tree. No one can condemn us. No weapon that's formed against us shall prosper. We belong to God. If you then be Christ. Then are you Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. Tap into the promises given to Abraham. Tap into the promises given to Isaac. Tap into the promises given to Jacob. Tap into the promises that are of God. That God gave us because of our relationship with him. We are heirs of salvation. And joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I believe God has already given us the victory. How do I know this? This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. I believe that God has given us the victory over broken relationships.
over messed up family matters, over bad finances. I believe that God is preparing a job for you. I believe that God is creating living conditions that are better than the conditions that you're in right now. But ultimately, I believe that God is giving us a peace of mind. He'll keep them in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on him, not on the news reports, not on these theories, but whose minds are stayed on him. He'll keep them in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on him. And how do we get our peace of mind? We use the greatest weapon that the saints of God have. The Bible says, don't worry about nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds at peace in Christ Jesus. You want peace? Pray. You want power? Pray. You want deliverance? Pray. You want God to show up? Pray. Turn to God. Fully turn to God. And God will answer you. I really believe Zimbabwe that God is coming to visit you and that you will rebuild and that you will be restored and that everything that the enemy has tried to destroy throughout your history, throughout your existence as a people, through civil war and the things that you've been through, through colonization and the things that you've been through you have survived and things are not exactly like you want them to be they're not exactly like they should be for your prosperity but they don't have to be. God can speak in chaos the spirit was hovering, the spirit was brooding over the darkness, over the face of the deep and right now on Pentecost Sunday, the spirit was brooding over that house where those 120 were gathered. And when they prayed to God, God heard their prayer and God sent them power from on high. God sent the anointing of God upon their lives to cause them to be what God had intended them to be and to do what God had called them to do. You can do it. I believe God. I believe that God is going to work in your life. I believe that God is going to turn things around. I believe that God is going to open doors for you. I believe that God is going to properly align you. I believe that when God brings us together in unity, that he's going to command the blessing, not just because of you, but because of who you're connected to, what you're connected to. You're connected to a belief system. You're connected to a ministry that has something that resembles something that God had in mind when he sent Jesus. Don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to the folk telling you that God is not God. Don't listen to the false prophets and the false teachers. Stay focused. Stay faithful. I prophesy Celebration Church, Boradale is a safe haven. It's an oasis is a place where the spirit of God is hovering waiting to move and when you come back together expect God to fill you fresh and anew with the Holy Spirit when you give that unbridled praise and that unbridled worship when you come back and you give that that endless prayer pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit when you do that I believe that this is the year of the open mouth I believe that when you declare this thing when you say I believe I believe that something's happening in the heavenlies I want you to try it, decree it, and declare it. The year of the open mouth. I believe. I believe God. I believe. I believe God. you got to believe, but you got to believe in something. You have to assent to something. Your belief has to have an object. That object has got to be God. So I don't know about you, but I believe God. Come whatever betides, whatever comes my way, the winds may blow breakers may dash but I shall not sway because he holds me fast I believe that God is the anchor I believe my soul is anchored in the Lord I believe God and I believe God for you but you've got to believe God for you I believe in Zimbabwe I believe that God specializes in the impossible. 
I believe that we walk by faith and not by sight. I believe that the things that are seen are just temporary. It's the things that are not seen that are eternal. I believe that. So if you can believe God with me, I'll believe God with you. And I believe that this too shall pass. I believe that trouble don't last always. I believe that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And everything that's been taken, you shall recover it all without fail. But it takes something on your part. David worshiped and he asked God, should I pursue? It's not coming to you. You've got to go to it. Find you a place. Draw a circle. And say, God, here am I. Send me. I love you. Pastor Tom Duchelle, Celebration family. Pastor Bonnie. All of my brothers and sisters of my homeland and my home country. This is Bishop McLaughlin saying, be faithful. I believe God is going to restore and rebuild.